This episode of With Love and Justice for All is brought to you by Bliss Books and Wine. Bliss Books and Wine is an independent black-owned bookstore for wine enthusiasts and book lovers. Listed as one of the black-owned bookstores in America that amplify the best in literature by OprahDaily.com, Bliss Books and Wine is your go-to for all your favorite titles, including ebooks and audiobooks. And when we buy from black-owned businesses, we are helping to create a world of racial equity. When ordering online, use the code 846BOOK for a 10% discount. That's 846-B-O-O-K for a 10% discount at blissbooksandwine.com. In order to advance racial equity, there is work for white people and people of color to do together and separately. The Project Sanctus Affinity Groups provide safe spaces for people to work within their own racial and ethnic groups. Join us every first and third Wednesday of the month at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Zoom for brave, vulnerable conversations and for building culture through engaging embodied practices. For more details and registration, visit ProjectSanctus.com. Exploring the healing and culture-building practices of embodied anti-racism. This is With Love and Justice for All with Reverend Ogan Holder and Reverend Kelly Isola. Welcome to With Love and Justice for All, the official podcast for Project Sanctus. I am Reverend Kelly Isola, and I am here with my partner in crime, consciousness, and co-creation, Reverend Ogan Holder. What up, what up? Ogan? Hi. What is up? What is up? I am I am up. Uh, I'm up. Tre- tre- tremendously. We are we are uh, not that it matters to you guys who are listening to the audio of this. Whenever yeah, you listen to, yes, to the audio, the next in the next day or two. Right. Uh, but we are we are we are recording very late uh, in the evening. Um, it is almost eleven p.m. where I am here in Barbados, and I'm usually up at this time, but not um, in a state that requires me to be coherent. So yeah. So who knows what will happen. Well, I don't think we'll have any trouble tonight. We have a wonderful guest with us, and we'll introduce Jenny in a moment. Um, but this is, and I don't know, because we've been doing this work a little while, that uh, how much brain power to have our conversation with Jenny. But our conversations at With Love and Justice for All are around embodied anti-racism, dismantling oppression, fostering liberation, and especially the challenge that arise as spiritual seekers and within spiritual communities, which I think is, again, uh, today is uh, Safe Spaces Part 2, the practice. And so the previous episode is Part 1 and and what a safe space means. And we're going to talk more about what that means, particularly in spiritual communities. And before we jump into that, uh, we always want to thank our listeners and subscribers that are here in the United States. I believe we're still reached 40 of the 50 states. We got to do um, something so, with that. We got to get those those. Well, I know. We got to get those states. last ten. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Who do we um, know? We we find somebody who lives in those states. We just need one right. listener. That's all. <laughs> just one. Ask people where are you going on vacation. Make sure. You... <laughs> there you go. Um, but also our listeners that that from around the world in El Salvador and Germany and South Africa and Norway and Brazil, India, Canada, France, uh, lots of places, and that always. That always wakes me up. That always makes me happy. Yeah. Um, on today's episode, we have a special guest, Jenny Han, and Reverend Ogan is going to um, introduce you to her in a moment. But first, we have a few um, selections for you. I like that. Selections, invitations. Yes. invitations. Um, the, the first invitation is always you can uh, participate in this discussion if you happen to be watching us live on Facebook when we do uh, record, which is usually uh, Tuesdays and Fridays around 3 p.m. Eastern. Um, you can jump in on the comments and Wayne. Then uh, you can always email us 
or you can um, Kelly or Ogan at projectsangus.com. You can hit us up on the socials at get our holy on is our handle, or you can leave uh, some voicemail that is 413 get holy or 413-438-4659. For those of you without letters on your phone, we welcome your questions, your comments, even your criticisms and your oppositions, because that all uh, contributes to healthy connection and discussion. Um, some opportunities for you to interact with us in real time. Um, our book club has started and it is ongoing and you can jump in at any time. We're taking a look at American Detox, the myth of wellness and how we can truly heal. And that happens on Tuesday nights from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. Eastern. And it really takes a look at how uh, the wellness industry has inadvertently or consciously uh, upholds many of the systems of oppression that we uh, have to deal with. Um, and in many ways, tends to make us sicker, more disconnected. So the book really addresses these issues and gives us uh, some ideas about how we can turn that around. Uh, as always, please buy your book or any book from our Black Store-owned bookstore Black partners. Black-owned bookstore partner? Black-owned bookstore <laughs> partner, owner thing, whatever. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, who said it needed to be coherent at this hour? List Books and Wine. Listbooksandwine.com. Use the code 846-BOOK for a 10% discount. Um, and you can also buy the book, Do the Work, which is the anti-racist activity workbook. Uh, we'll be jumping into that again. Uh, we had a great time when we taught it the first time or, or rather facilitated it the first time. And this is really um, an experiential sort of book for those of you who tend to keep asking, what do we do about anti-racism? What do we do about dismantling systems? What can I do? This book tells you what you can do. So come join us uh, February 11th, 18th, 25th. Uh, from 10 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. All of these opportunities and more you can find at projectsanctus.com and uh, many of our uh, workshops and stuff. We do have economic justice pricing plans so to meet your budget. Um, and again, if anything we offer with a price tag that doesn't meet your budget, uh, please still give us a call. We will work something out. The barter system is alive and well in my life. So uh, me too. Exactly. So we're open to everything. <laughs> and see, and Jenny said to her too. And Jenny said to her too. Speaking of Jenny, we are thrilled to welcome our, our friend and artist. Finally, we get to the good part. <laughs> our, wow. Okay. I was rambling oh, on for no. no. <laughs> no. I, I <laughs> Yeah, dig yourself with that hole. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> our friend and artist extraordinaire, uh, Jenny mm -hmm. Han. She's a visual artist and workshop facilitator who captures the inward journey through bold expression and a vibrant palette. She holds a bachelor's degree in fine art and her acrylic paintings and glissé. Did I say that right? Gisle, Gisle, uh, G clay. G clay. G clay prints are collected around the world, as well as licensed for inspirational products, including book covers, calendars, posters, and most recently, the Wisdom of the Shadow and Wisdom of the Divine Feminine Oracle card decks. Her workshops help people recover their innate wholeness and creativity using painting as a tool for mindfulness and self-discovery. Uh, if you've never had the chance to do one of her workshops, please do it. I did one back in the day. And it was, I still remember it fondly. Oh, it was a lot of fun. That is way back. You're way back. Like in my attic days. In right? your attic days. Yes. Oh, wow. The way, way back. <laughs> in way the before back. times. I, I think you were a music therapist still then, right? I probably was. <laughs> in the way. And really needed, really needed oh, an opportunity to, uh, to, to express an emote because those were not, those were dark times for me. Anyways, not because of the music therapy, because of the charter school I worked at, but that's me not going down that rabbit hole. That's that's not the point of our conversation. Uh, <laughs> so today. I, you're telling me it wasn't a safe space, I'm guessing. Uh, not in the least bit, but I just wanted to make sure that people didn't think it was because I was a music therapist. No, it wasn't the profession. Oh, yeah. right. It was the place. Uh, so anyways, um, so yay, Jenny, welcome. Welcome to... Yay to our, our, little, our little podcast that could uh, with love and justice for all. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. So, so uh, one of the reasons we wanted to in, invite you on just to let our listeners know is because um, you are one of those folks for us who I think um, really creates a space where people can come be expressive. And uh, as we said in this 
in the description really tap into themselves in ways that they didn't even realize that they could. Um, mm. And and I think you do a marvelous job of that. So um, so we'll start we'll start with there with 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 inquiring when you hear the term like safe space or safe spaces. Um, what does what does that bring up? for you where where do you feel safe where have you not felt safe um yeah let's let's just start start there mm, great yeah for me um safe space is really about being able to show up authentically like as, with all of ourselves all parts all um all aspects of our identity and um of just the essence of who we are and i would venture to say that most spaces are not fully safe in that sense because um when when i when i say safe space like i'm talking about even safe to ourselves like um i think because of the world we live in we often have to kind of almost self-censor and maybe we're not even in touch with all those aspects of ourselves those even like buried pieces or um, you know, obviously, like with the shadow deck that I released, like those um, parts of ourselves that we've had to disown or stuff down or try to fit within the like normative realms. And so uh, with like the workshops and, and basically with my own art practice, um, my, what I strive for is to really like create a truly welcoming space for all parts to arrive. And, and oftentimes that's like, like I said, parts of myself that I'm not even aware of allowing space for the self con uh, self, self con see it's late for me too actually okay, <laughs> think, Kelly. space for the subconsciousness even to. Um, yeah to arise because that's often what starts to rise up to the surface when we tap in in these deep ways and use art as a tool for um, self expression and for mindfulness is that these kind of disowned parts will start to emerge and sometimes they can look scary sometimes they can look um you know there can be rage there can be deep grief um all of these aspects that aren't always normally welcome mm -hmm. um that is that is what um and i i strive to create and hold a space that is welcoming of all that and i say i strive to because you know we're all works in progress and none of us are perfect, but I feel like that is something that we need more of in our world because so many of us are not able to allow all those aspects to arise. Uh, you know, it's um, the, the thought of um, going, you know, being in a place as you just described um, and I'm, I'm, I wonder like how many people walk in using, you know, say your workshop workshops, for example, how many people walk in um, and I'm, I'm going to guess probably everybody, you know, that has these, the unconscious, right? Like these things that are in the subconscious, but you don't even know they're there and, and to have it unlocked and come up in the middle of something, you know, and I don't even feel safe with it myself like something it comes into my own mind and my own awareness. And I'm like, Oh, I can't deal with that, you know, and then to have how in the world could I trust all these strangers, you know, or uh, maybe some of them are strangers, maybe some I know. So um, it's that, you know, the safe place, you know, having that place, that's a lot of work. Yes, <laughs> it is. <laughs> and sometimes the safety is actually um knowing uh, having our own sense of internal boundaries around that right because right. um we might sense that we're not in uh you know we might feel comfortable with ourselves but maybe we don't feel fully comfortable in the room and i know there's been experiences of this in other retreats i've been to and such where um it was supposed to be a very welcoming space for absolute vulnerability to show up but then it actually would end up coming back around later to bite someone so mm. um i think part of that is honoring also like where our own um internal boundaries are and oops and even um you know practicing some self-compassion around it of if if we're not even ready to look at something like letting that be okay you know and um mm. 
But I think it is a continual practice, even for us as facilitators and um, for both of you as ministers and just um, of like, what, yeah, what is true safe space? And I think that in and of itself is also a work in progress. So one of the things we talked about last week was for for folks, and I think I mentioned this a little bit earlier, maybe I didn't. Um, a lot of folks, especially in spiritual communities, tend to use the phrase welcome in space and think it means safe space and think that because that there's the assumption that everyone is welcome here, that everyone is safe here. But what I, what tends to happen is when they say it's a welcome in space, it's you're welcome here as long as you don't do anything to disrupt our comfort, um, which is not a safe space because invariably there will always be someone who disrupts your comfort. I mean, in a spiritual community, the spiritual leader should be the first person, the first and foremost person who disrupts your comfort uh, because because it is in a discomfort that we expand and we and we grow that that is un, un, uncomfortable um so so for you um i mean you've you've said the word welcome in a couple of times you said the word safe for you is is there a clear distinction and um you've been part of spiritual communities over the years um what's been your experience of the welcoming versus the safe in terms of of spiritual communities? Mm, that's a great question. Yeah, because there can be a lot of lip service to the welcome, as you said. And right. I feel like to be truly safe is is uh, to be able to be absolutely um, authentic, but also vulnerable. And I think a mm. lot of that is modeled by the, if there is a quote, spiritual leader or somebody, um, if it's that kind of setup, um, to, for for there to be that vulnerability modeled by whoever is mm -hmm. leading but um i think you know that has to include room for as you said for disruption for um for not necessarily agreeing with with uh, you know with with the norms and um and and also being able to fully be oneself without having to hide aspects you know, right. like as we were talking about with uh, either sexual orientation or, um, you know, a lot of however that plays out, um, being able to not just be tolerated, but to be celebrated, I, I guess, mm. the way to describe. That's a really huge point there. There's a difference between tolerated and celebrated or slash honored um, in, in, in many ways, because you're right, some some folks walk into spiritual communities and they're they're way outside the norm um and and it 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 disrupts people it just disrupts their sense of their sense of comfort even their sense of safety even though that's often an imagined sense of safety um so so for you personally how do how do you exist outside of the norms or do you, do you consider yourself existing out side of the norms and in what and in what ways so i i just want to add a little adjective oh, in sure. front of the word norms the word that keeps popping in my head is expected or toxic oh nice mm, yes you know, thank when we you say norms you know it's it's in, what in my brain culture it, expects in my brain all of those words uh are synonymous with norm but you're right let's 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 say it out loud they're, they're toxic they're they're toxic, uh, manufactured. Uh, yes, dehumanizing, imposed. Yeah, yes. imposed. Yeah. yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I I do feel like I fall outside of those norms in a lot of ways. I mean, we all have many facets to our identity, but um, as a um, bisexual woman and in a uh, non traditional relationship in terms of like not fitting uh, the norms of marriage. Um, and also as an artist, as someone who is self-employed and, um, you know, I, with, even within the realm of my family, it's like I'm kind of the black sheep artist that doesn't have the full-time profession in the medical field, you know, the good paying job, the 
the house, the husband, the children, the all, you know, all the stuff. And it's like, um, yeah, it's, there, there can be a lot of uh, need for deprogramming around that, mm -hmm. like in my own, in my own mind. And I'm guessing for some of the listeners, like, um, you know, people can be fully accepting. And for instance, my family is very loving and accepting, but yet I have these internal messages of, you know, that I don't quite measure up or mm. I'm not quite fitting the expectations or, yeah. you know, kind of that feeling like, uh, yes, she's an artist, but you know, when's she going to get a real job kind of, <laughs> yeah, kind yeah. of thing. So I, I have to... the same, I have the same thing. I've been self-employed for a long ass time and, oh yes, you know, very accepting and, um, you know, in the language. And yet when hard times hit, well, just, you just need to go get a real job. Right. A quote, real job. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. So that, and, and yet there's other ways that I guess you would say that I fit into whatever you call the, the conditioning nor or the cultural norm, the toxic norm. Um, so it's, it's, there's the, there's the whole, there's a whole gamut of um, ways that that plays out. So I, um, as a white person, as a um, able-bodied individual, you know, there's ways that I, um, you know, we all just fall in different parts of the spectrum. And it's, it's interesting how we can feel welcome and safe in a community, but then when we disclose or come out as some identity, then suddenly there can be kind of this discomfort, like, yeah. oh, I thought you were one of us kind of thing. So um, and 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 I think people what what I think is is interesting is folks who uh, participate in communities and and feel the need to um, withhold some of who they are, um, not feeling that they can be a hundred percent authentically and let others know. Um, what whatever whatever ways their identity aligns with outside of those uh, those norms uh, that we talk about, but then still participate in the community, like still still show up every day, but there's still that like shadow of fear overhanging them. Should some what will happen? Should somebody find out, or should the wrong person find out? So so for me, the question becomes then. Um, and I don't know if I'm really asking a question or just, you know, pondering out loud. Um, that's that's no way to live, yet that's the way many people choose to live. So so I don't know if you've ever found yourself in that sort of position. Um, and, well, I, I'll assume we all have. I'll speak for myself. Uh, hiding, hiding the parts of who we are from others and 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 the weight that that carries the fear that that comes along with that the unease possibly leading to dis-ease within us um are there any parts of you or any any time in your life and journey that you've sort of experienced that um and 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 can speak to that a little bit if you mm. understand what i'm asking mm-hmm Sure. Yeah, definitely. In fact, I'll give an example of just recently, um, because I, I practice uh, meditation, and I go to silent meditation retreats. And mm -hmm. typically, um, you know, this is more in the Buddhist tradition. Um, and, and typically, those are very welcoming, um, safe spaces, or again, you know, claim to be and um at this particular retreat i something really rubbed me the wrong way um because there's the 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 buddhist um precepts that are shared that are kind of like the ethical practices that are typically talked about in terms of monks and nuns but when you're mm -hmm. on retreat these are sometimes shared and you know i've heard them before these they're basically um the basic premise is to do no harm right right um but this one went into a little more specifics and when it started talking about like the um uh there's there's five different precepts and one of them is related to our sexual energies and not harming through our sexual energies and but the way it was worded it was so specific that it was actually um 
it was not inclusive to all relationship types, to all sexual orientations. And, and I felt, and I felt just this anger just rising up in me as I was mm. listening to these, because it's kind of reflective of all of the centuries of, of, of patriarchy and of, of kind of the control that's exhibited in a lot of religions, not all, but, um, and these, of course, these traditions, they get challenged over the years and over the decades and even, um, you know, the Dalai Lama, who is, you know, of the Tibetan Buddhist uh, lineage, but he even has been challenged over the years um, back in the 90s when uh, some some gay uh, um, uh, leaders in the Buddhist uh, tradition, you know, called him out basically to say, you know, this is this is harmful, like these, yes, these are these are part of tradition and yet they're harmful to who we are. Right. And so so that that recent experience was just like I didn't know that that anger was in there in me and you yeah. know being on retreat it's like we're really present you know to whatever is showing up and it's like this rage almost of like no no this is not like this is not inclusive this is not fully safe and of course being in that setting you know I get to I get to notice and be with it and and work through that but also, um, you know, the, there's the anger on one hand, but then there's also the, I want to speak about this, like, I want to speak up and say something. So um, that's just one example of like, yeah, where I felt like it wouldn't have been safe, you know, like, our, like, like sexual energy, it doesn't always feel safe to or not even not even just sexual energy but just like life force energy mm -hmm. sometimes it feels like if we're too big or too much in a space that doesn't want it that yeah that we're going to be condemned in some way or ostracized or not welcome fully yeah um um it's you know i've heard i've i've mentioned this before i've heard from um, some few a few folks as as I've shared publicly about being non-monogamous some folks in unity communities have shared either um that they are as well or they know people who are but the general consensus is we don't tell a lot of people even or or any because um we we don't we don't feel like we will be as welcome as accepted. And I know people who said that that they've they've had people shunned uh, within the community uh, that have let others know. And you know, we are in in many new thought communities. We're very nice, so we won't outright kick you out. But 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 we know mm -hmm. how to shun people when when we want when we want to let them know they're not they're not welcome. Um, so it's it and and for me that was that was very sad and and made me also wonder how I even when I was a minister sort of perpetuated that feeling of of not being safe of unsafety whatever the opposite of safety is um, that feeling of of, of danger um, or or inhospitableness if that's the word. Um, mm -hmm that that i may have unconscious unconsciously perpetuated um as yeah. well so so as a person who creates um and facilitates gatherings and for people coming in and i remember back in the day you also used to teach yoga do you still teach yoga you don't still teach yoga do you not so much not okay so, so yeah. um so so how would how would you say that you maybe pay attention to um making sure that whoever shows up for like one of your painting workshops or classes that no matter who rolls in the door, um, whether they're, whether, whether who they are, their identity is visible or not visible. So whether it's a, uh, you know, able-bodied person or, or a less than able-bodied person walks through the door, you know, um, you, you, that's something physical you can see, but there are many identities that we carry well, there's us. a lot of ableness you can't see. There is that too. Yes, right. there is. Okay, so just 
yeah there's there's that but but i mean um, you mentioned the one slice of physicality but there's a whole right um yes i did i didn't mention the just one um as as trying to to make the distinction between those uh identities that are visible and those that are not and and visible but but regardless of that uh, how how um how would you say you you help make sure that there is there is to the best of your abilities um safety for for folks involved yeah i i think uh, you kind of spoke to it already in that i um you know trying not to assume um that i know someone's identity uh or again those invisibilities that um not to assume any kind of cultural or uh what's the word i'm looking for any kind of uh norm i guess if you will like with quotations around it but um i like to create a space where uh Basically, when it comes to the art making piece of it, like there's some basic ground rules, if you will, almost more like guidelines, but where one of them is not commenting on each other's work, mm-hmm. um, even in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think this can also apply to our identities as well, because um, really when we're sharing in community and sharing um, our process art, it's it's like we're honoring the sacredness of it without it having to have any external commentary of oh that's so beautiful oh i love that or oh that's really creepy i don't like that um (laughs) it's kind of like with us right like we can just honor the individual and the sacredness without having to add our own commentary on top and sometimes even when we have the best intentions of trying to engage in conversation we might be limiting someone by by our own ignorance and what and what we say and i'm speaking for myself here too that again this is a process um i've i've been trying to bring more attention to this for myself in in creating safe spaces and there's actually there's spiritual communities that do a great job of creating a very welcoming very diverse space and um, one of them that I want to mention is, um, I don't know if either of you are familiar with the East Bay Meditation Center um, mm-hmm. in Oakland, California. I have not been there in person, but um, yeah. part of a, you know, I just finished a mindfulness teacher training uh, course, two-year course, and, and they were um, kind of shown as an example of somebody who really is getting it. And, and it has not been easy. Like they've had ups and downs and learning curves and um, but everything from the moment you enter the door is 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 built around that welcoming, not just again, not just tolerating, um, but welcoming, celebrating um, all aspects of diversity in all the ways it shows up. Yeah, and the um, and and not just in like lip service to something because that can also be a a tolerating thing is to cognitively to have a cognitive understanding is like the first little baby step um but then it's it's you know we have to uncover all of our own shit uh, um you know in order to to be uh, you know it makes you more humble and the more humility the more the greater your capacity for having a safer space you know, one of the I don't remember where all of a sudden it occurred to me when you were talking when we were talking about the visible and the invisible that creating the safer space is that making the invisible visible. Mm. So so I have you Great. know whoa, whoa whoa back up say that again say that again. Okay. So so <laughs> I'm wondering um, if part of that you know helping when when people like us are facilitating you know, okay. a workshop, a retreat, a class or whatever, here we're talking that, that, you know, embodying and, and having a place, a space that is safe or safer is so that the invisible, like what I'm holding invisible mm-hmm. has a place to be visible. Mm. Like you wouldn't know me walking into a, 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 
a workshop with Jenny, Jenny would never know just by looking at me, you know, the, the, uh, my lived experience right. around mental health. Right. Or lack thereof. Um, right. And so it becomes a place. So if I'm in a workshop with Jenny or someone, you know, with me or you, whatever, that, that how I'm being, mm-hmm. um, is able to, to, um, I don't even know what the word is I'm looking for, but, but enables me to then bring the invisible into the visible. I like that. I like, mm-hmm. I like that a lot. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, 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 and to help and, and part of, part of It makes the... me all weepy. Oh. <laughs> well, to imagine being able to walk into a space and the things that I hold inside that are yeah. invisible to you, it's okay to make it visible. Yes. Yeah. I didn't know it was going to be therapy, but that's because it's late at night, you know. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and 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 really what's what's essential to that is not just the facilitator um um being ready to receive that but part of preparing the space is preparing other participants yes uh, yeah. for that as well to say like you know you know here's here's all the variety of things that may arise within you or others when this happens like you know along the lines of what jenny was saying about not not commenting on someone's yeah. art when when this happens just like sit down and shut up you don't need to say something <laughs> you don't need to you don't need to fill the space if you're uncomfortable great like we'll hear about your discomfort later um right. you know no one no one needs you know what you don't you don't have to rush to comfort you don't have to you don't have to placate by you know oh it's not that bad oh no you look wonderful you know the the we 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 so much want to project our 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 need for comfort by making others comfortable as well especially when they have like been in you know in a moment of like bearing their soul and all that sort of sort of stuff so um and as i say that i'm realizing yeah like i should have probably made a little more space for you to have that expressive moment you were having to hear I am babbling on. So I'm I'm doing exactly what one should not do. I just I just noticed. I was in a I was in a hurry to make my own point and and just totally railroaded hey. over that authentic moment that you were having. I apologize. No, in all seriousness, I I apologize for that. Thank that was you. that was not that was not good honoring. I'll shut up now. Thank you. And we did title it the practice the practice right. exactly so let's embody you know what what we're trying to communicate and, and there you go there you go including apologizing when we mess up <laughs> absolutely and that's the thing we're all gonna mess up yes <laughs> yes absolutely which is why i think it was you know we were talking before we before we you know started recording and going live about you know a safe space or a safer um right right because um, because because in 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 me just doing what i just did it uh you know it could be construed as not a safe moment and then but then my realizing oh shit i just did the thing i just did the thing i'm telling people not to do <laughs> and and in the realizing it and, and acknowledging it um i don't know if now you feel a little more assured the next time it might happen that I may have learned my lesson <laughs> and, you know, so, so, so yeah, so that's, that's, the th- and, and, and part of it begins with the assumption that we don't know what we're doing. I think yeah. like, like the assumption that this, this space that I'm curating is not as, let me just assume it's not as safe as I think it is. Let me assume that yeah. I am not as safe as I think I am. And right. and and really ask ask the deeper, as we like to say, the follow up questions, the second and the third question, um, uh, to de- to determine if if there are ways that we can, uh, be more a- a- accountable for creating, um, a-, a a true safe space. Because it's not that a welcoming space is a safe space; it's the reverse. A safer a safe slash safer space is a welcoming space. Mm, and, I, right. and I and I think we we kind of yeah reverse those things right 
Well, and I and I think one of the key ingredients to a safe space is, um, again, if someone is in a leadership role to take accountability when there are those slip ups and mm -hmm. That to me speaks volumes when um, when someone can can own their their own shortcomings and 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 be really vulnerable in front of you know everyone else. So I think yeah. And well, you listen, just man, I, that, I, I'd be apologizing every day. Like there, literally every day, there's something I need to apologize for because I like I can't I can't tell you how often I'm just like oh shit I just did the, I just did the thing again. Damn it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, I'm a, I'm at least you're, you're in good company, Ogan. Oh my God, I am <laughs> a slow learner. It is true. <laughs> you know, it, the um, as I'm listening and and um, thinking about um, whenever the word safe comes up, where what I what I have learned about um, you know the work that we do in dismantling systems of oppression is that every every person you know what 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 my work is is around safety dignity and belonging right that that's that that's the the wanting to impart and and raise up and lift and have someone be able to step into and and as we're talking it's the what's arising for me is the dignity piece and what i mean mm. by that is that we live are we live in a culture of separation supremacy and scarcity Oh, I like that. Right. Say that again. Suppression, supremacy, 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 separation, separation, scarcity, and scarcity, scarcity. Ooh. And the scarcity yes. is is the mindset that we're all in. It's the mindset that that arises when something different walks in the door. Right. Or or and someone gets, you know, we're welcoming as long as you don't upset our comfort. Right. That's there's a scarcity mindset on someone's part when there's not the, um, you know, in lip services, everybody's welcome and yet not willing to be uncomfortable or have my comfort challenged um, is because I'm in a scarcity. Mind. I'm going to lose something. Mm, yeah, that it's not even a conscious thing, but it's a scarcity mindset. So so what's so kind of like the opposite of that is or or the message with that is there's it's a not enoughness. So there's not enough. So are you saying like uh, unconscious is a thought? There's not. There's not enough. There's not enough room here for all of us. There's not enough. Yeah, that if that that I'm gonna have to to lose something. It's that zero sum game thing. Gotcha. Gotcha. Right. For that for you something... to show up. For you to show up in in your allness. I have to dim some of mine. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Or 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 change my beliefs about yes. you. Yes, yeah. change my beliefs, change how I'm acting, change. How, so it's that not enoughness that permeates everything. And the opposite of that, and, and all of us that are in a not enoughness is we believe, and I'm coming back to your, your comment. I, I love that, Jenny, that no one's allowed to comment on, on, you know, on your own, on someone else's painting, because when we do, we're, we're into the not enoughness. Mm -hmm. we're instantly into whatever it is somebody's saying i don't hear the words i hear what what comes up unconsciously is where the not enoughness shows up and rather as opposed to i've done the best i can and my best is good enough which is dignity mm. Mm. i like that i love I like that, that. Yeah, yeah it's like an honoring of yeah as, as I, it is without and enough is person. yeah and enough is not a quantity it's it's a consciousness and we're all enough already like it's that wholeness thing we just don't we don't have spaces that affirm that that yeah. invite the safety belonging and the dignity and the dignity is i think that's the you know the element to the safe safer spaces that you create with um with what you do jenny is that I can bring all of me there, even the parts I don't know. And, <laughs> and even, and if some of the parts that show up unconsciously are some of the icky things, it's still the best. I've done the best I can and my best is good enough. So I, I there's, yeah. Yes. And that's the dignity thing. That's beautiful. Yeah. I love that word dignity like that. Um, 
I, I that's not a word I use very often. And I love that because I, to me, that's a real honoring, honoring yeah. as it is, honoring yes. as we are exactly yeah. as we are without having to change to make somebody else more comfortable or to fit in. Yeah. Yep. Dignity. And, and, and to compare, because that's where, yes. you know, that, that, yes. that comparison is, is the big thing. Um, and I think, um, the, the, the not commenting on, on people's work in your classes, um, at least externally, it pulls out of the comparison because you can't, you can't, you can't give feedback on anything without implicitly comparing it, right? Comparing it to other people's mm -hmm. work, to your own work, to what you think is good and what you think is not good, right? That and, and, and comparison is, again, very, for me, a, a scarcity consciousness thing yes, right because yeah there's there's yeah. there's a greater than lesser than there's the there's a left wanton there's 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 it could be more um and again not quantity but just just more um so 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 that comparison is 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 very in, insidious you know that whole saying comparison is a thief of joy um so 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 preventing folks or in, or directing folks to not say things out loud um i think is a is a beautiful practice of of beginning the not comparison so even if uh there may be some internal comparisons going on there's a practice of of suppressing it um which we don't do a lot of in the world today <laughs> we 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 feel very at liberty to say whatever the hell's on our minds even if it's, right. you know, not, not great. Um, so, right. so yeah. Oh yeah. And we're often not thinking of the effect on someone else. I mean, it's, mm, right. it can be kind of just this verbal vomit. That's just kind of <laughs> constant stream of consciousness that, that gets <laughs> spread everywhere. And, and that can be, you know, that can be beneficial for ourselves, but then what effect does that have um, on whoever we're sharing that with? So, right. Um, and it's not that we, I don't think we necessarily have to suppress or repress our thoughts or our judgments, but, but again, to work with them internally ourselves mm. or on the page, you know, this is again, where art or writing can come in is, um, to allow that exploration and that expression without it having to be at or on someone else. Yes. And again, and, and threatening their sense of safety and, 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 and wholeness as they are. Agreed. This, agreed. This... I use I use the word suppresses as not verbalized as opposed to stuff stuff down because you're right. Because gotcha. yes. la later <laughs> later one should say to oneself, well, where where did where did that thought come from? Right. When I saw this person's yeah. painting or that person's painting, and I couldn't say it out loud, but but yeah, why 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 did I what did I why did I want to say the thing that I didn't say? Mm, so. Right. Right. You have a, a a statement in in your bio on your website, which is uh, JennyHan.com, right? Uh, yeah. Well, we, that will get you there. Yes, JennyHanArt.com okay. is what okay. I usually advertise. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, I just wanted to make sure we we at least plugged something so people can go find you. But I, I um, this couple of sentences in your bio on your website says when I show up to the canvas I am aware of a profound creative energy over which I have little control but through which I am continually humbled and amazed as I let go and trust the process I feel that I am co-creating with a force greater than myself and so I was just curious when you say I'm amazed as I let go and trust the process when you say, and this maybe this is too big a question, but when you say trust the process, like what's, what do you mean trust the process? Hmm. Well, in an artistic sense, really the process of the piece um, mm. unfolding uh, step by step, brush stroke by brush stroke, but it also applies to a greater um, context of life. Trusting the process for me is about uh, showing up, first of all, being present in the moment, and then following the energy of that internal guidance. You can call it intuition, um, but basically what, following the, the, the direction of my curiosity and my desire and, and trusting step by step without needing to know the end result. Hmm. 
without needing to know how the painting is going to finish or without needing to know where I'm going to end up. Um, and this really is a, a big practice for life because we can have ideas of where we want to be and where and where we think we should be. Um, but when we get down to the moment to moment of what what is what is calling me right now, what where is my interest compared to what do I feel obligated to do because mm -hmm. it's what I've always done or I decided I'm going to do it. Um, you know, and it's a different kind of working with the energies of a lot of this is very um, embodied, really, um, because uh, I don't know about for each of you, for me, I think uh, intuition is experienced very much in the body. Mm -hmm. And and so listening to and trusting those signals and those, um, however guidance shows up, but um, that's how that's how I um, strive to live i don't always my mind is often trying to keep and hold control um, yeah. and thinks it knows where i need to be but yes it's so so in that sense my art practice very much is a metaphor for life for my life practice and so is that is that the same because now i'm you know thinking about it in terms of so since we're talking about safe spaces and and safer spaces is um like what what would you um like how does that process translate to for anybody you know in as they move through their day whether in a position of leadership or not because we all are responsible for creating safer spaces um so i'm just curious how that i know you probably weren't expecting the big question <laughs> yeah, well, I think trusting the process, you know, as we've been talking in this discussion, that we are, we are works in progress, we are perfectly imperfect, and we make mistakes and we learn we're, we're constantly, um, I'll speak for myself, I'm constantly learning and growing and having more blinders removed and seeing things more clearly learning more about differences in people and in cultures and uh, in different abilities and so I think part of that in creating safe spaces, part of trusting the process is being willing to change, being willing to mm -hmm. uh, be educated and uh, to be surprised at times, maybe, and to admit when we're wrong, to admit when we do have the blinders on. And um, hopefully maybe even this conversation is is uh, maybe a spark for someone or um, you know, there's just, hopefully we're always learning and growing. And so part of that is being able to be adaptable and change as human, as we, as a collective humanity are evolving and waking up together. And also being willing to ask, ask your community, ask, you know, folks is, do you, do you feel safe here? Even that's, that's a big sort of like question, which might scare people to be honest about right uh right. but but to invite them into the question to really investigate for themselves and explain what we mean by do you feel safe not like you're worried you're going to be physically harmed for some people that might be it though but but do you feel permission to be your fullest self and it's not that you have to tell people every single last uh, you know, a corner of your identity. You don't have to, but do you feel that you can? And those are two different things, right? Like, I, I, I may not want to share, but I also don't feel like anything's gonna happen if I do. Um, and and if you're feeling that that you're unclear about what might happen if you do, then yeah, it's not it's not a safe space. Um, is there is there room? I'm not asking you. I'm just you know, saying in general for those listening, especially those who are leaders, are you certain that there is room in your community for folks to come forward and say, you know, this is an aspect of my identity that I don't feel safe sharing here. Here's why I don't feel safe sharing here. Or I don't even know why I don't feel safe. I just don't. Uh, is, is, is there room to talk about that? Is there room to, to, to make changes to, to make sure that they can, uh, feel safer um, as 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 well, um, or or when, as I like to say, when when in the room where the decisions about a community is made, 
you know, what identities are represented, what identities are not represented, um, what assumptions are you making by who's in the room and who's not in the room? Are you even asking yourself any of these questions? Or as you do in many spiritual communities, and I'll admit this was what I did when I was Lee as well, I'm just going to work with who shows up because those are clearly the people who are invested, um, which is, which is, it is a little dangerous, uh, I think, at times. Mm. There was no real question there. I'm just, again, pon yeah. pontif pontificating a lot. As my daughter say, I was just monologuing. Um, <laughs> there, was, there was no real question. <laughs> I love that, though, because, it, yeah, again, it shows that willingness to evolve and to engage with those who we serve that we don't have to have all the answers and right. and do we feel safe enough to actually approach people and ask yeah how are we do it like how, you know how safe do you feel to be your full authentic self yeah and, and keep that dialogue open i think that's really important and, and i'll i'll be the first to admit it. there were times when i was like I don't know that I want to know, because then if I do know, that means I got to do something about it, right? <laughs> what do I have to do then? <laughs> right. And so it might be just easier to like, just not know and just like go. But, but again, again, that's in many ways, that was, that was me being scared. That was me being, being, being selfish. That was me being uh, back to what Kelly said about scarcity mindset. Um, and, and, and this is, this is what we're finding in a lot of, a lot of communities these days and unwillingness to have the hard conversations and do the hard work. Uh, last week we talked about a beloved community and how, you know, that's that doesn't just mean we throw open the doors and all are welcome. It really is the messy work at looking at um, where do we need to grow here and where are we stuck and where where are we privileged and where are we um, just gotten ourselves so comfortable that we're not even willing to 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 recognize and honor those who are here to make us uncomfortable and you know when we wonder why you know community many uh new thought communities maybe are not as diverse as we think they should be given given our message and our theology i'm like yeah it's not it's not the theology in some cases it is but uh but it's it's maybe again your you the 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 tendency to want to keep it so comfortable for a select few um or the majority is that uh, uh the, the that message is being sent across whether you know it or not so people who show up that again exist out, outside the the comfortable norms uh or the toxic norms um can feel it they, they feel that it's not the place for them mm. um yeah, we know we know how to live the convenient king, <laughs> not the inconvenient king. Right. Yeah. What makes the beloved community? Yeah. Like, you know, if I mm -hmm. walk in off the street, right. how do I know that you are who you purport to be? You know, and, and for a lot of spiritual communities, it felt like just having that discussion around, well, we're going to change some core values and we're going to say we honor inclusiveness and, and equity and, and anti-racism uh, and that the work was done. And I'm like, no, anybody can say mm -hmm. there anything. How are you demonstrating it in a tangible way that when I walk through the doors, I, I know this? Um, and that's a much tougher question. Um, and, and a much tougher process to go through because it requires you to take a hard look at yourselves and do the hard work of, of changing. Um, and, and not hard, hard look as in part of that hard look is an uncomfortable look, but part of that is, is really difficult because you mean it may not be immediately apparent, <laughs> you know, because there haven't been the people there to say to you, this is why this is not a safe space. So, so now you gotta you gotta bring in some other folk who specialize in pointing out your areas of unsafety, and be willing and be willing to hear them. And that's the other piece of it: are we willing to listen when others say, "Yeah, you are not as safe as you think you are," and that's hard for a lot of people who thought that we're doing it already. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's so big. And and it, some communities I've been in, it almost seems like there's like wanting this instant, like snapping a finger and okay, now we are diverse yes, and yes. inclusive. And it's, I, I feel like this is a lifelong 
practice. Oh, like it practice. It's a li- lifelong <laughs> it, work. It is, yeah. And, yeah. and even if we are taking these steps and listening and making changes, it's not like things are going to shift immediately. Like, I right. feel like this is the. Yeah. Uh, and you will lose people path. along the way. And that's where the, the back sure. to that scarcity mindset. We don't we don't want to lose people. Right. Um, you know, it affects our mm. bottom line. If we lose people, it means we weren't really welcoming. Um, n- no. I mean, well, y- y- yes, it will affect your bottom line not necessarily permanently, but if you are existing for your bottom line, then you are not a safe space. That that's, that's a given. Right. (laughs) Right. So there's, there's that. And you're Um, probably in the wrong business. (laughs) You're, you're in the wrong business. Exactly. Exactly. And people who walk through the doors will, will feel that and just walk uh, right, right back out. Um, But, but yeah, it is, it is challenging. And to your point, it, it's not going to happen in a hurry. And, and, you know, someone was asking me uh, just, just today, how, how like Project Sanctus is doing. And I was like, you know, when we started, we were right in the wave of like a lot of like white body interests um, and, and anti-racism on the heels of George Floyd's murder. And now like a couple of years later, we're like on that downswell of like white body apathy. <laughs> Of like, mm. we're tired. I don't want to work that hard. We're tired. Right, I didn't realize it's going to be this okay, much work. Like, it's too inconvenient. Or yeah. to your point, Jenny, what's what's what is the two or three things I can do that will fix this right now? Right. <laughs> there's, what's the quick? Which, listen, you know, if, if, if that was a thing, it would have been fixed by now. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. 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 Not. Um, you know, but it's but that's a good question to. to uh, what you just said, like, what's the few things I could do right now? When, if you, if you have the humility to ask, do you feel safe here, you know, or not, and to listen to the response, there is a, um, there will be a tendency on, you know, if I'm the one asking, do you feel safe here, and you respond, and and if it's not so much, or here, but not here, or not at all, whatever, if there's any piece in there where there's not a sense of safety there's within me listening i'm gonna there's that white body thing of urgency to fix it Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. in the moment and what few things can i do to fix this which doesn't mean there isn't necessarily something for me to do but but just listen right just listen to the and acknowledge the person's lived experience it's not a discussion right it's not about well, here's my perspective. It's a just shut up and listen to and that's the accepting and that's the you know, that's what helps make it safe is to just receive someone's lived experience and take that away. And, you know, and maybe there is something I can do, um, but that that but not to, you know, the, the trickster of that urgency got a fix. Uh, is is a is another is the scarcity yeah you know we fall into that it's a yes. whole mess right, it, it, right. it is a whole mess and and not being willing to really feel the feelings that come right. up around it yep. and acknowledge yeah. the um again maybe the the sadness or grief or or whatever we have not been owning and feeling and uh yeah, I, I one of my teachers uses the acronym of wait, like when someone else is sharing, yep, you know, wait. Yep. And, I use and it's, it. it's why am I talking? Yep, I use that. I've been saying that for a long time. Yep. Just shut up and listen. Yep. <laughs> and um, just earlier on the podcast, we could have said that to Ogan. We wait. could have. We could have. We, we, we why could am I have. talking? Exactly. And I'm a person who, who tells people, oh yeah, patience is my superpower. Clearly not. <laughs> Clearly not nearly as much as I thought it was. Uh, so speaking of feeling feelings, uh, Jenny, where can folks find you and participate in your work to feel some of their feelings? Uh, what would you what may you have coming up? Uh, as far as workshops, what I come, have coming up is um, mostly here in the Kansas City area. Okay. I am going to be getting some more online offerings soon, uh, but I do have a couple workshops, one at Unity Village this coming Saturday and one at the Temple Buddhist Center um, on the plaza on Saturday, February 11th. Okay. And if anybody wants to follow my work, um, at my, you can find things through my website, 
at jennyhanart.com and on all the socials, Jenny Han Art. And, Which is and, J J E N N Y H A H N art.com. Yes. And Thank do you. you still do you still do you still take your process painting um on the road? Do you still go to places or Yes, I, um, you know, that really slowed down a lot during COVID, sure. but I am, yes, I am ready and uh, I am, yes, I have a whole, a whole mobile setup that I can bring to you wherever you are. So there you um, go. Yes, 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 yes. Perfect. Uh, so, so yeah, so visit, um, support her work, bring her, bring her to your community, your office, your wherever um and and buy some of her amazing artwork i have some of your amazing artwork in a storage unit it's not doing any good oh. there because no one no one can see it but you, you know what say that listen, out loud listen i'm i i'm a nomad now like i can't walk around i can't like with paintings uh i but, get it I but get it. but 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 <laughs> you have the card deck so i can i can i can that that that'll that'll be my next purchase uh your your art your artwork in portable form and yes. in meaningful form for me yeah i didn't like, I, have, I, have, I, have. I didn't think it all the way through when i started saying what i was saying i was like yeah i have your i have your Again, art wait it's uh, no i don't actually another moment of wait <laughs> it's late man what can i say yeah it is late. no more of these late I, have, podcasts. I have a couple of g clays but i've recently purchased an original Ooh! Yes. yes. I nice. what is it? Twenty four by thirty six. Yeah, big. Thirty six nice. by forty eight. Thirty six. Oh, oh, is it? Yes. Three yes. feet by four feet. Yes. Wow. Yes. Nice. Oh, I have chills just thinking about. It. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Uh, so, Jenny, uh, thank you so very much uh, for for joining us um this evening um and, and we are we are we are thrilled to to spotlight you elevate you and your work um and and being grateful for all the ways you have allowed people to open up and and find themselves um it is it is very transformative work that you do and um we are grateful for your presence in the world so yay thank you mm, thank you both so much it's such an honor to be here i i love the work that you do and project sanctus so yes Thank you. thank you very much. Uh, so, and thank you all who are listening. Um, as always, please spread the word about us. You can find us on all the podcast platforms. And if you happen to know that person who doesn't know what a podcast is, um, you can still listen to us on the old fashioned interwebs at with love and justice for all dot podbean dot com. Um, rate us on the platforms. Give us all the stars, hearts, thumbs, whatever it is that uh, that they that they have. And again, visit visit projectsanctus.com to see all the opportunities uh, that we have. Head over to jennyhanart.com um, and support her as well and follow her on all the socials and really invite yourself into the deep questioning around how you can be a safer space first for yourself uh, and for mm -hmm. all those around you and the communities in which you participate. Um, so thank you for joining us on the journey. And until we meet again, let's get our holy on. Yeah.